to Doxed, the podcast. I am so ready to jump in <laughs> to this episode. We did an episode already talking this season about the whole Colleen Ballinger situation, but there has been a pretty big update and twist to this story, which was broken by Swoop in part three of her docuseries on it. So uh-huh. they had interviewed a lot of different people, including this one guy, Johnny Silvestri, who we mentioned in our last episode as well. And when you step back and look at all the people sort of coming out with their stories about how they were harmed and victimized, Johnny was an odd one out in a few ways, even before this came out, I think. Uh-huh. First of all, he was older than the others. He's kind of from like an earlier generation of super fans. And he also was an official employee of Colleen's show, Colleen Show. I have to consciously say Colleen every time. I can't just say it. I don't know why. Colleen Show <laughs> and toured with them. And he has basically claimed that he was groomed and abused, not just by Colleen, but by her ex-husband, Joshua Evans, as well as by Colleen's brother, Trent. But it turns out his story was all over the place and did not really add up in some important ways. So um, hopefully we can like dive into some details, but, uh, and I think we should encourage everyone to check out Swoop's doc on this too. They're really long, but they give a lot more context than we can. Mm-hmm. And I think they're really good journalism <laughs> in my book, but um, not only did Johnny's victim story not really hold up under the cross examination, but it turns out he was also himself hanging out in group chats with underage folks as an adult. And mm-hmm. he had his own little group of super fans who he talks about mentoring and the dynamics of all of that sound unhealthy at, at were at best and hypocritical. So yeah, not only did Swoop paint like a very convincing picture that he was allegedly not nearly the level of victim that he claimed or like not a victim at all, but mm-hmm. he was also involved in a lot of the shady stuff himself. And he also had some really ugly things in the interview that just kind of like betray a disturbing lack of sensitivity about abuse. So that yeah. was a pretty big twist in that whole story. And uh, yeah, what do you think? Did you watch the doc? I did watch the doc. And then another like commentary channel that I follow that doesn't really get into this kind of not this level of drama. Um, someone sent them a swoop video about the, the swoop video about Johnny Silvestri. And then he did a commentary video on swoop and was like, oh my God, I love swoop now. <laughs> and their, some of their commentary and some of their hot takes on the whole Johnny Silvestri part of the drama were really interesting. And I'm wondering if like maybe you would come to the same conclusion too that they did. But basically what he said, it's Peter Mon. I've been following Peter Mon on YouTube for a long time. They're kind of like a comfort creator for me. Okay. And he was saying that it seems like Johnny was on this trajectory to be like a mini Colleen, to be a YouTube star, and saw that Adam had this like legitimate victim story, but completely separate from adam's past relationship with colleen and the fandom adam built his youtube channel slowly brick by brick subscriber by subscriber working diligently every day doing commentary on other youtube stuff and slowly built up his following it wasn't like he was a nobody and then decided to make an expose about Colleen and then came to like YouTube stardom. That's not at all how it went for him. Like I remember early Adam videos long before he said anything about Colleen or long before the that video came to light because he made that video years ago but it didn't get a lot of traction right away and then it turned into the whole oh he's lying about this and that and then you know the drama started and I think Johnny only really started to take notice of Adam when the Colleen stuff went viral. And I think, well, Peter says he thinks that he thought he could like do that same, what he thought was the same formula. Like, okay, Adam's got Colleen. I'm, I'm going to take on Josh and my story's going to be bigger. 
and then I'm going to blow up on YouTube by exposing Josh. But that's one, not how it went. And two, gross. That's not like a, t- a ticket to like stardom. That's not the formula to like build channel. You actually have to do the work and have content that people want to see. So it kind of made me look at Johnny Silvestri as kind of like this gross, opportunistic person that like saw what Adam's doing, saw that Adam's actually loved, like widely loved on YouTube for just who he is, not because of this expose stuff. But he was just kind of like trying to model what he thought Adam was doing, which makes it like kind of icky, ickier. Yeah, I, sorry, my cat just, of course my cat is zooming in. Okay, I, I definitely think that is what's going on. And it seems like Adam kind of confirmed that that, that was like a lot of the vibes. Like, uh, also just by the way that Adam is such an iconic person. I never knew about him before we did this first episode on this. And I've been kind of just watching his live since, and I, love him i hope he like rise i think he would deserve fame he's so cool um but anyway but who knows i don't know him but also uh he was interviewed in the most in the most recent swoop doc again and had like a lot of interesting things to say and uh he talked about how he talked to johnny privately and he was trying to act as a kind of a support system for him Uh, And Johnny was giving like a competition energy and trying to make himself out to be like a super victim. And the other thing that I think is a really, really important part of or like a dimension to what you're describing is this guy, Tim Connolly, who is uh, he was he was another super fan at the level of like Johnny's kind of age. And the two of them were friends who kind of looked publicly like they were inseparable for a long time. And they were really close. And there's a whole rabbit hole of that guy, Tim Connolly, Johnny's ex-friend. And Johnny's kind of thrown under the bus now, but like not really, not really painting the full picture of what happened with that guy. And because he basically, and the reason that this kind of plays into like why Johnny would be using this to up his platform and why that really makes a lot of sense, like too much sense. They were doing this weird scheme that was not only uh, sounds disturbingly close to grooming kind of situation, but also it was like an MLM scheme to re- recruit fans. So oh. they were like they were like socially, they were like doing video calls with people and they would kind of like have fans recruit each other. And then they would also do these video calls that were really toxic and like introduce them. Like apparently they were introducing minors to like new sexual terms in the calls. And they would also socially pressure minors to drink who were clearly not um clearly not aware of it at all like they they were really like people were drinking for the first time ever with no idea what a hangover even was um and and tim also was met up with fans publicly and still does and uh it seems like there's even more about this guy that swoop kind of hinted at might be in part four of that docuseries And Johnny was in these video chats uh, and I guess must have known about this kind of like weird drunken behavior, was sharing secrets about the tour in the chats, which is also textbook grooming. But I think it just also speaks to like this was some weird scheme that they were both doing. And then it also it also goes back to like how Johnny describes his parents reaction to him getting the phone number from Josh. I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit here, but that's kind of one of his most solid claims to having been groomed is that this ex-husband of Colleen Josh at one point when he went to a show he signed this like paper crown he had and he signed his number and the story is painted like it was this big secret you know that began a grooming relationship but it was known to his parents because his parents had accompanied him and then when he described his parents reaction after some like pushing to you know after kind of really burying the lead the way that he describes it is they're kind of like, oh yeah, my kid might make it. Like he didn't, he didn't succeed at college, but like he might go somewhere with his mentorship. And it's just kind of like, that can also be like, your parents can also be groomed uh, in a situation like that. But um, overall, a lot of the details don't match up with his story, which uh, we can get into, but yeah, I totally believe that that could be what it, or, and, or it's also could be another thing that I thought was interesting. There's a comment that I read 
that suggested that this could be some kind of like attempt to side sidetrack what is being said about Colleen, even though he's also said some nasty things about Colleen. It's like to build up this story about how Josh was worse so that you can kind of take away from the Colleen story. Mm. And also he, also he repeatedly ties himself. Johnny repeatedly ties himself to Adam uh, in these like comments. Like uh, there's a recent tweet where Johnny actually does admit to being in these minor chats, but the tweet is like restricted and hidden. And t- And after a little bit of explaining that, he says... Uh, trying to pin me as a bad guy completely diminishes my trauma and invalidates everything myself and the rest of Colleen, Josh, Corey, and Trent's victims have been through. It's disgusting and I won't have it. Two months ago, broke the floodgates of trauma, manipulation, depression, sadness, everything I've worked so hard to ignore, and I knew that I couldn't sit back anymore. I knew that my story could help verify Adam's allegations towards these people. I feel ashamed that I didn't come out sooner. I attempted to, but quickly got sucked back into the bullshit by Miss Colleen herself. But it was damage control. Um, where is it? And he says Adam's name again later in the comment and later in the tweet. And says, I'll continue to fight for my not only myself, but him and all the other victims, including those who have and may never come out. Um, so he's like really tying his story to Adam's. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I missed, um, sorry, hold on. Yeah. I don't think that like trying to pin, it's like, you know, it really reminds me of something that we heard our Voldemort say, uh, about trying to pin me as the bad guy completely diminishes my trauma and invalidates everything myself and all of these other people have gone through. No, like you can have, how do I say that? You aren't just unquestionable. That's not how it works. And then inextricably tying yourself to the validity of other victims. Meanwhile, Adam is on his page scrolling through the entire text conversation, showing with a video exactly what was said for years. Meticulous, Uh all details, totally open, doesn't have to change his story, doesn't have to backtrack. So I absolutely believe that's what happened. And the more you look at it, it's like, I think I didn't have a particular feeling about Johnny, but I did kind of feel confused about his story. And the expectation was that he was going to have it clarified in this swoop doc. He was saying that on, uh, on social media that like deflecting to like, Oh, I've already talked about this. And then privately with Adam, he would like kind of just push it off and not really explain what he was saying was the actual thing that happened to him but he was acting like it was so traumatizing. He couldn't deal with it. And like the receipts are like, he publicly met with the people like twice. And it, 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 uh, it's just not, he, he was always pushing to the, to, you know, you'll, you'll hear about it in the swoop doc or whatever, but it felt confusing. Cause it was like, it's these kids and then this adult. Uh, right. And they're, they are, they're all over age, I think at this point, but there are different age levels. And, and he was, he, he was an employee. So that's a different, the whole thing is a different situation, but he was constantly right. drawing parallels between him and Adam. So 100%, I see that so much. Uh, that's a huge vein of what, of what's going through that. One thing that really stuck out for me while like watching the whole swoop thing and going back and watching the, the first parts of the swoop series on this was that I saw so much of our Voldemort situation and this Colleen Ballinger situation, specifically with Johnny, because Johnny's a bad guy. Johnny Silvestri is like, Colleen's her own thing, but Johnny's like someone that just wants to be on the bandwagon of the drama, hoping to like leech a little bit of clout off of it, which I feel like that's mm, maybe not worse, but like pretty close. Pretty yeah. close to just bad. And. I was thinking about like when I first when my drama with our Voldemort first started and I wanted to tell my story and very few people believed my side of things and so I went to my own podcast and just spoke freely I didn't script it I didn't like bullet point it out I just started talking on an episode of my own podcast to get the whole story out in my way on my terms 
And it wasn't that salacious. It wasn't that juicy of a story. It was just point by point. Here's what actually happened. And here's how I felt. And here's where I'm at now. And a lot of what I saw on TikTok was like all this disbelief around me. What about this? And what about when she said that? And why aren't you speaking on this? And what do you have to say about that? And it's like this, that, and this, and that did not happen. All I can speak to is what actually what I actually experienced and it's not that juicy like the start of the drama and all my receipts like I don't have that many receipts because it's not actually that deep what it spiraled into without me really have anything having anything to do with what it spiraled into like I can't really speak to that because I didn't have anything to do with that you know what I'm saying and so I feel like with Adam like yeah what happened with him is like very salacious, very dramatic and awful and traumatic. And he has all of his receipts and his experiences and his stories to tell. But like, that's it. So his time with Swoop being interviewed was like a, almost two hours, I guess an hour, hour and a half or something like that. And it wasn't this like very long detailed thing because he's been telling the same story the whole time. And there's nothing new. With Johnny's interview with Swoop, it was like six hours long. And there's all these tangents and different stories and the stories keep changing and the receipts take forever to produce. And then when you do really examine the receipts, they're manufactured, they're made up, they're photoshopped. And I just thought that was so interesting because for so long, people didn't believe Adam and he had real concrete evidence to back up what he was talking about. But it, like, it wasn't juicy enough for people to believe at first. So they just didn't. And then you have someone like Johnny that just like knows how to stoke the fires, knows how to start little fires everywhere else to deflect and like get people's attention off of certain things that aren't really panning out. So he has to like direct the attention to a different lie and a different person. And it just, it was just all too familiar. Yeah, I think a lot of this was so funny to me when it came up in a way. It's it's uh funny is not the right word because it's really very serious because a lot of like what is uncovered is that somebody was being very defamatory and throwing around and diminishing words like pedophilia and like grooming and like dim- and and just victim blaming and just a lot of gross gross things happened here but it's not funny. But it's but it's uh, like sur- funny in the surreal way that life is just funny, that it's so parallel. And mm-hmm. so when I was watching this documentary, I was like, oh, my God, because even the thing about Adam said to private, he said, Adam said to Johnny privately that uh, something like I'm going to support you and like platform your story because it's equally important to whatever it was going on to me which was generous. And Johnny mm-hmm. responded, or maybe even more important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something I heard in this situation, in our situation. And so oh, that yeah. was just had me kind of gasping because I'm like, you know, this is like a, a pattern, a type of, a type of reaction people have to these situations. And then the other ugly thing about it is that you, when you are discrediting like one person who is a supposed victim, so many people are so willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so then you see all these comments that are like, oh, uh oh, that's a shame that none of these victims are credible. Like, no, this this person really dug in and clung to somebody else's story. Who And it was, and the context is what is what really matters. And you're right, it's like less salacious if people don't believe in the first place. And it's uh, offensive that they would then just throw out the, throw out, the story, the other stories, because this, mm-hmm. because one person is coming in and trying to make it a weird oppression Olympics or competition of some kind, you know, mm-hmm. that's exhausting, but that's like so funny that that plays out on just like different levels of these things, you know? So, but it's very serious. Like, I can't believe, uh, I mean, I can understand you think you would grow your channel like this, but you have to be really bold to do things like get on that H3 podcast and kind of be like plotting and, you know, it, that was another thing. Like there, it seems like this little, this group of people 
that is kind of the faces of this, they all are in, you know, group chats, which is also something we've experienced. And it's mm-hmm. not like, like, that's pretty much how that goes. And then it's like, you have to like, play the politics of all these people that are in this crew, trying to accomplish a singular goal. But you don't know them. Right? You don't know them? You don't know who they are. You you don't know, you know, until you do. But uh, uh, imagine like being behind the scenes and having to navigate like uh, what, I, and we've done that. And, and, and mm-hmm. so exhausting. Poor Adam has been betrayed like more than once now. And uh, leave Adam, hashtag leave Adam alone because just it's, it's unnecessary for people to just continue trying to get in the way of like justice with all of that it's just gross and uh it doesn't invalidate the other people that were victims and survivors of this situation that somebody was in there just basically like trolling and trying to be abusive to i don't really understand i i think you know people nobody's a perfect victim i think that in the situation between johnny and josh it sounds like a lot of messed up interpersonal stuff but I don't know. What's your what's your take on Josh? What do you think? And this, this is before I think the part four is going to really focus on him, too. And I don't think he's like, I, I don't know. What do you think about him? I can we preface this by saying he's a white man, a cishet white man. And I may eat my words later because you just never know. Right. <laughs> With exactly. that said, I don't, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a groomer. I don't think he's an abuser. I don't think he did anything horrible to Colleen. I don't get that energy or that vibe from him. I think Josh is a victim in all of this. And I think he was a victim starting way back when he was married to Colleen. Yeah, and it sounds also like very weirdly part of this story that doesn't track with Johnny is that he publicly was saying that he was trying to kind of be on both sides when they went through that divorce or whatever. And he wasn't. He was behind the scenes very much against Josh. So I I think this does go back to kind of the way that that following is so hateful and gets driven toward people to attack them on behalf of Colleen. Like that's exactly who Johnny is. He's yeah. And that's exactly who Colleen is too. Yeah. Where it wasn't just like dog whistling and making horrible videos and sending strangers with dog whistles to like bash Josh. No, there are actually screenshots of her saying two children in the, the weenies group chat hey, can you go to this blog site and this gossip site and this gossip site and say A, B, and C about Josh? Like, there was a whole campaign to immediately silence Josh during their divorce after she made her crying, weeping, we're splitting up, please don't go after him video. Immediately after making that video, she's in group chats saying, tell this to that gossip site and this to that gossip site about Josh. So that he would be absolutely dwarfed by her following, dwarfed by her fandom, so that he would be silenced and not be able to say anything about her. Like, imagine having a swarm of children trolling you on the internet as a grown-ass man. What can you do? You can't, like, retaliate against children. You can't say anything to children on the internet. Because it's like they're a protected class. You say anything as a man about anyone underage, you're automatically you're automatically labeled like some kind of pedo or something. And I believe him when he said like he got into alcohol and like had a whole issue with that after the divorce and after all the trolling and the online abuse. He almost took his own life because of it. Like I don't think he was built for I don't think anyone's built for online hate at that level but as someone who wasn't a big youtuber in the first place to then like attach yourself to someone that's a giant huge youtuber and isn't above sending people to attack you and then you're just supposed to sustain that attack literally forever 
anytime Colleen gets into any kind of drama, ooh, what about her ex-husband Josh from forever ago? What's he up to? He's always going to be dragged back in, no matter what. Yeah, I I think that's also my read on it. Although I think it also sounds like he 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 isn't he's a he's a flawed guy, and I think he knows that. And I think it does put you in a, a terrible position, which you kind of put yourself in. Don't be in chats with minors. Like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's also different than grooming somebody. Like, there's different levels, and it's in the context matters. And one thing that I found really disturbing was how Swoop asked Johnny how, how he would like Josh to take accountability because Josh apologized several times, tried. And mm-hmm. I read those apologies as, as sincere. Um, and, and he even said they weren't perfect, but they were, he said something like they weren't perfect, but they were sincere, uh, in a follow-up to the apology where he further apologizes, you know, he's trying to take accountability at least for being a bad friend for the ghosting kind of, you know, um, anyway, swoop asks Johnny, how should Josh take accountability? And Johnny like bullshits around with the answer. And then basically says that he wants Josh to put out youtube content about it um even though josh has said publicly while in tears that that would not be good for his mental health and there's this whole part of it that swoop really digs in on and i think i admire that that uh that josh's mental health was really fragile and Mm -hmm. john really went hard after him at that time and like really wants it for content and johnny posts a lot of stuff that feels like it's content farming. Like just you read some of those tweets and you're like, oh no. And so I think a lot of this is like to drive this kind of, and he was saying that to Adam too. He was like t- kind of talking and like Adam was trying to be like, well, is there anything you need to you need to support about or to talk about with this? And Johnny's kind of just t- focused on like, what's going to do the best on Twitter mm-hmm. and what the strategy is for the public story. And, you know, and Yes, I believe that that's, he was trying to grow his channel. That's totally how it reads. But uh, that's cruel. If his if he was friends with this man who is then suicidal and so depressed and is saying in tears that he just can't be there because it's not good for his mental, he can't be on YouTube anymore. And the response is like, well, I don't accept his four apologies and I wouldn't accept like a call. What I would want most of all is for him to just make content about it. Really? I mean, there's something that just feels off about that, right? Mm-hmm. So that was disturbing to me. And the other thing that I found really disturbing was there's one a story he tells about how they made him come to a show across state lines, but also didn't pay for his flight and didn't really help him get to the show. Which when you when you really listen to the story, you're like, why are you why are you're a fan of the show? Like and I guess unless they made him go to the show, but that's not really what ha- seems like happened. So Swoop lays out this timeline that although he says every time he tells the story that he was just under 18 when it took place, he was actually almost 19, which actually really changes the context of the story. Because if he'd actually been a minor, it would have been like child trafficking, taking him across mm-hmm. state lines to come to this show. So since the detail is off, he's essentially like allegedly falsely accusing Josh of trafficking him. And he seems to know he was fibbing because do we know them podcast pointed out that he would not have been able to rent a car. And he said there was a loophole, but there was no loophole. He was an adult. That's why he could rent a car. So he knew that that part of the story was like a fib. I, you, you must, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of really insidious elements to that. And then I think just also goes back, I think we said this in the last episode too, it goes back to how Colleen's entire fandom and following is is set up with a dynamic of this so that, that it just kind of radiates out from her. So she's still a problem. This does not like invalidate uh, what she did and has not taken accountability for it, right? But she also set up a community of people that are encouraged to act like this. And so this is one of probably more, more people like this. It's like a, like an anthill or something. We already knew about some of these people. Like even the, the Trent thing is more up in the air than the Josh thing, I guess. <laughs> but like, 
Uh, it's an entire dynamic that is set up that is very disturbing. And there's probably a lot more that will keep coming out about it. And that is how it felt the last time too, because uh, I think Johnny was, was giving that vibe, but maybe more people than just him too. But it felt like that thing of like, oh, we're going to have like leaked information now. More is going to keep coming out for a while or whatever. Are you tired of feeling unsafe online? Do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying, doxing, and other forms of online harassment? Then look no further than Doxed the Podcast. Visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. Man. Uh, one thing, another thing that stuck out too was Swoop saying her video that she pretty much expected Johnny to come out with something about her, come out with something about anybody that says anything about him. Like she can see Johnny for who he is and what he's, what his goal is. Just basically just gaining traction on YouTube. He's trying to build a YouTube career off of this. And I thought, Man, even someone as legit as Swoop with the following that she has and the social proof that she has and the content proof that she has, that she's like a credible YouTuber that's worked really hard and worked for a really long time to build what she has. Like even like Johnny would go after her in a heartbeat and make some kind of expose, fabricate whatever, probably about her like anyone that's not for him becomes a target who's that sound like (laughs) well exactly it's so funny how things just play out on different levels you know what's also funny i am so into birthdays since we've been doing this podcast every time we like talk about a different person i'm so interested in what's their birthday and like what zodiac sign does that make them guess what johnny is oh no is he a Gemini? He's a Gemini. Guess his oh, birthday. Of course. It's one day before Voldemort's birthday. Oh, God. <laughs> but 1996. So he's like 27. But yeah, isn't that bizarre? <laughs> bizarre. Let's be By done way, with a Gemini. I, not to... I don't know. I'm all about the Gemini slander, so... Where it's I don't tough, speak- it's tough. I have a few, I have to always have like the the caveat, a few Gemini friends. I have some, but. Right, I don't want to make it seem like Docs the podcast is anti-Gemini phobic. We are Gemini phobic. <laughs> I am Gemini phobic. What's the, how do I say it? We have a, um, what's that thing of like the difference between when you're like stereotyping someone versus when you're just making like a valid judgment based on life experience what's that thing? it's exactly that it's exactly that, that. okay that's that <laughs> about gemini's <Yes. laughs> except for not because i also have at least some some token gemini friends okay moving on <laughs> may 24th gemini is johnny and and uh <laughs> and uh, you know what's also weird he's actually listed and thanked in the credits on the netflix special that's wild wild that's wild and still couldn't build a career. Like, how sad is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want, you know, it's so interesting because then this question of defamation comes up because if if what Swoop has pretty clearly laid out is true, that's grounds for some kind of a civil suit about defamation. But then the question is, does anybody actually do that? And a lot of times people choose not to for a lot of reasons. So, so there could be no accountability. <laughs> right. I can't see Josh doing anything. He doesn't seem like he would retaliate, unlike what several people apparently described Johnny as possibly doing if they if he kind of heard that they were talking against him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's weird. And, and yeah, Swoop says unrelated people were set, were using the, the word retaliation. That doesn't seem like something that Josh would do to Johnny. I mean, it would Mm-mm. be, you never know. But I think it could easily be that he just continues on with his like with his with his platform make some kind of stink about it you know yeah but people know like i I thought people have watched that swoop doc (laughs) i'm very cautious of people that throw around defamation legal action that throw around the threat of legal action for defamation simply because you told your story or you stated an opinion you use your deductive reasoning based on their behavior and it's true (laughs) like people that are very quick to threaten legal action for defamation are people that are either insecure or they absolutely know that they have skeletons in their closet they absolutely know that what they're doing and saying is wrong and they just want to frighten you into silence so they throw around the word defamation and lawsuit and defamation case and ooh, I have a case you spoke and mentioned my name when about you know you're talking about a lived experience you had with me and you had the nerve to use my name defamation suit like n- no that's someone who has something to hide because someone that is secure and, and knows that they are they're doing the right thing they haven't done anything wrong they're not out here hurting anybody Those people don't threaten those kind of cases because you disagree with them or because you had a bad experience with them. Yeah, I think it also might have something to do with life experience. I think uh, it's obviously not pleasant to be defamed, especially not publicly when people have influence. So I think it's easy to react emotionally and feel like you want to defend your honor. But if you've then been through, been around the block a little bit, you might actually understand that you're just never going to be able to control the world like that. And it's okay to let a lot of it go. There's also a line that it can cross. Mm -hmm. It crosses that line sometimes when people are losing money, but it crosses that line when like your mental health is seriously in jeopardy. Uh, It crosses that line when it's like obsessive harassment, I think. Uh, But yeah, it's it's a lot to invest in taking a legal action against somebody. And- yeah, because one, it has to be actual defamation, not just this person doesn't like me. They didn't like an, an exchange that we had and they're talking about me. So I'm going to sue them. Let's not like I think people kind of get confused about what actual defamation is. Yeah, or or like legal defamation versus I think there's a difference between just legal and like colloquial uses of defamation and that's okay. And it's okay to be mad or have whatever feelings you have when people talk mm-hmm. shit about you, but also you really can't control them. And I, and I do think there's a difference between people just like saying whatever they're going to say on their own page versus people moving that problem into your bubble, doing things like, you know, when it escalates to gang stalking. Uh, when it escalates to people in your life getting a phone call or your job getting a phone call or CPS mm-hmm. getting a phone call wrongly or whatever. Uh, that kind of thing is very different from somebody said on their own page a lie about you or what even is a lie? Somebody said something you don't like about you or somebody said your name. Those are different situations. The context matters. That right. is a big key point. The context really matters and you don't get it in these like and I it's funny because looking at like Johnny's TikTok and stuff too I see the strategy and I see how like people have to operate a little bit differently depending on the platform and TikTok is so contextless that he is trying to go viral and you can tell like you can see how it works when somebody is a little bit clued into how you go viral based on a victimhood story you can see the ways that the videos go and the ways that they like amp up the emotions and they get really combative and they like, they make it salacious. They make it dramatic. And it's just like, that's a lot of energy to pour into something. If you're, you know, you can't judge how people are healing, but like, it's a lot of energy to pour into something. And you can tell that there's a difference between that strategy 
versus other places on the internet. And he's also mentioned like having burner account, which, you know, can't knock him for having a burner account. I've had one in my day, one or two, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. There's also like a level of maliciousness that was ascribed to him by other people behind those private accounts or faceless accounts. And anyway, it just paints a picture that I've seen before. And I think we'll see again. I'm looking through my notes to see what else. Oh, I think it was, um, I think it was good of Swoop also to bring up the definition of grooming. And I think it might be a good idea to just talk a little bit about what it actually is, because I think that's part of one thing that kind of could have happened if you want to have a fair interpretation of why Johnny kind of came out talking in this language is maybe he didn't understand it very well. And I don't think I really personally have that interpretation, but it is very important to, to define the terms and understand what people are talking about when they say grooming. Right. And so the definition that Swoop gives is grooming is when someone builds a relationship, trust and emotional connection with a child or young person so they can manipulate, exploit and abuse them. And that's a, I, I forget Swoop source, but that's like a, a formal definition. And so this involves a couple of characteristic things like training, mainly training the people to keep the relationship a secret. And I think you, I think I've heard an extension of the use of grooming to talk about how you can also kind of, you can groom parents of these children, but you groom them in a different way. Like you groom them to be comfortable and okay with their child spending a lot of time with this person, for example. Right. But it's it's very different to say like grooming is a very specific thing when it comes to a child being groomed because they are they are not at fault for what is happening because they are a child. And that is a very big difference. Uh, and then also Johnny's definition seems to be just that anybody that is an adult that is friends with a child would be grooming. Uh, he gives kind of a cagey definition that doesn't really always track throughout the conversations but by that definition i mean and i guess that's a that's it's a it's kind of a good rule like you know i mean i don't know i don't know if it even like in as far as influencer relationships it's a good rule to just not have friendships with with minor fans i think <laughs> but that's not the same thing as grooming and swoop had made a point that not all grooming is necessarily sexual. And Johnny like rode that into the ground about how that somehow twistily validated that hit what happened to him was almost like worse or like more salacious because if it had been sexual, it would have been kind of just plain like textbook grooming. But instead it was this way more nefarious, like mind fuckery and when and then when you kind of track the receipts actually it's like you just were you were a minor at the beginning of this friendship with an adult you became an employee of theirs later but like they were he was never in private with these people ever right. that we know of and yeah, that whole exchange that he had with swoop when she was like sharing a bit of herself in the interview and she makes it yeah. very clear that she's a survivor of childhood sexual assault she's been raped as a child and i think it was a repeated thing that went on for a while and she was groomed like she shares it openly and shared that with him and for him to say that one he was groomed by josh and that somehow it was worse because grooming a child for sexual purposes is cut and dry but she all she asked him directly what do you think joshua was grooming you for and he didn't really have an answer he made up this weird like i think he was just grooming me to have power over me and in a way that's worse yeah. than being raped as a child by yeah. someone that groomed you like what yeah it was very insensitive and I would have, if I was, I would have been a little bit gut punched by the way that that was said. And a couple of other things too, like just the way that he talked about the fact that Josh had come out as being a victim of domestic abuse 
in his relationship with Colleen and Johnny was kind of like, oh, he had his chance to talk about that. Like his time's up to talk about that. That's not really the story anymore. Chilling, actually, that you would say that. And uh, even some of his expressions, she said it was one of the hardest interviews she's done or the hardest one. And I can see it because it was just like having to swallow a lot when you're when you're like just the way that his brain is working around these questions and issues, the way that he misuses the word trauma bonding. Uh, it's like at best, at best, a, a, a misunderstanding of the terms that How is accidentally harmful, but it seems more nefarious because it seems like there's some conscious lying going on and some, some, like some things that you had to be like the car rental thing. No, it wasn't a loophole. You were bluffing about your age. And that's very serious actually, like in the context. So Yeah that uh I would have I don't know it seemed like that was a really really hard film for her and I get it <laughs> I think it was really good journalism and really well done and really yeah Ugh. it's got to be hard to it's got to be hard to hold your composure while someone's being so insensitive and you have all of these big feelings and to keep it together and not call them out not correct them not have a back and forth with them to get the sound bites, to get them to, to get them to get their whole thought out without interrupting, without interjecting, that is an art form. Like Swoop is an expert at this, and I'm so glad that she took the time to like take care of herself and self soothe or whatever she needed to do to keep her lips zipped long enough for him to say all the bullshit that he said. Yeah, I agree. Better than I would have done, <laughs> probably. And uh, it's refreshing because we we kind of need that. We need people that are willing to actually dig in on these stories sometimes and really look at like, what are the receipts here? Because when it gets down to brass tacks, you can tell these differences. And I wouldn't have personally known anything about the Johnny situation if it weren't for Swoop. I probably, I mean, I follow now Adam's channel. Uh, I like Adam as a creator now after this. And I might have eventually heard, but it sounds like Adam was having to be very politic and not even like just, and oh my God, we have to play Adam's response at the end of the documentary. Swoop asks him if he has anything to say directly to Johnny and his answer is just gleaming. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, but, but uh, wait, can I play it? Can I play it? Yeah. Okay. I love a clip. Okay. Hold on. It's so good. <laughs> is there anything that you would want to say directly to Johnny? No, he means nothing to me. Just like he did a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my favorite. And now I stand Adam and follow Adam. <laughs> no. Oh, bam. Because <laughs> you got, I know that level of over it. I understand that level of over it. I get mm -hmm. it. It's very real, it's very valid. <laughs> Because you honestly, the story. best place to be, the best yeah. place to be in a drama is over it. Yes. And you don't have to change your story. You don't just sit there backtracking. You can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. And it's offensive when people come in from the outside and take five seconds to look at it and assume that that means that every victim story is invalidated because that's what the person that wasn't the victim wanted you to think. That's rude. Unrelated. And you can really tell how how many people are witness to some kind of social media drama and they just want to be a part of the drama. They selectively hear, they pick the side that's the loudest and the most dramatic and the most whatever. And I've noticed that in situations with like not just social media drama, but like cyberbullying and cyber abuse. And there's like a very clear aggressor and very clear victims of it. 
the victims of it are usually kind of the quiet ones. Or maybe they make a big splash by like, I'm actually going to tell my story in detail. I'm going to do it this one time, this one way. And when it's done, it's kind of done. And the people that really just drag it on and there's always something new happening, but only on one side and only one side's talking about the new thing. It's, I feel like the aggressors are the ones that like tend to be the loudest and tend to have the most to say when nothing is even really happening to them. They just want the attention to be anywhere except for on where they're doing things wrong yeah (laughs) yeah and again nobody's like a perfect victim there's no such thing and people do people things and behave like people which is to say often kind of unexpectedly and often kind of expectedly often kind of predictably Mm -hmm. so i think yeah I think it was just funny, funny that this funny in the sense of surreal that this situation came up and that seems to be how life works, you know, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to that part four of the swoop doc and I am so looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And you were saying like, I wish she would get a Netflix special instead of Colleen. And I think, you know, there's time, (laughs) but also, yeah, she's a great documentarian. She's wonderful. Yeah, I this is good journalism, I think. That was cool to watch. The first swoop video I ever saw was her doing a kind of a documentary style two hour long video about the end of a friendship that she experienced with another YouTuber. Mm. And it was really hard for her to do because that other YouTuber is huge like a huge huge platform super popular very well liked but behind closed doors not that great she's also dating or maybe at the time i don't know if they're still dating but she was dating another also huge youtuber so it was kind of a bold move for soup to tell her story on that but i was like that's so brave of you to do knowing what the backlash could be and i even i had that thought long before like we had our online drama like I learned so much more after that like I respect her so much more now knowing what I know about how this whole social media monster thing works but she's a she's a really smart really talented YouTube creator and I hope her career goes further than YouTube I hope she gets a Netflix show where she gets to do this on a bigger platform yeah I agree I did not know about that doc but that sounds really cool and I think I first started watching her maybe a couple years ago about the creep show art stuff, but I also knew of her before this situation. And I think she seems like she's growing. And again, that video has like 3 million views as of a couple days ago. So that's not too bad. So we'll see. Did what you see her about. video on Mikey? On who? Mikey, her, her like ex bestie. I don't know that I have. You I might want to check that one out because that one. I bet that it hit different now if I were to rewatch it. <laughs> All right. Suggestion taken. But yeah, we like Swoop. That's a good one for this new era of YouTube, whatever this is going to shape up to be. Uh-huh. Do we know when part four of the Swoop series is going to drop? Oh, I don't know. And this one kept getting delayed, too. Uh, So who knows, really? But let me see if she said anything in like the community tab. I don't think there's an announcement of when part four will be, but it, but she did mention it at the tail end of part three. So like I, it's definitely in the works uh, and it definitely features an exclusive interview from Josh. So that will be probably the thing I'll be keeping an eye on most about that is like what comes out of that. Cause I'm sure it will be a lot. Uh, I don't, th- I don't think there's a date announced. I don't really go on Twitter. So maybe it was on Twitter. I don't know. Are you able to check Twitter? I don't think I have even an account that I have like logged in because <laughs> it annoys there's me so much. A, there's the docs twitter but i don't understand twitter at all so i never mm. really do anything on twitter i posted i think on our docs twitter a few times but maybe not recently hold on let me see if i can get on there Do-do-do. it's just so dumb how there's the x i just think the x is dumb every time i go on here that's my main thought <laughs> um spanky v or something spanky valentine 
Thank you, V. She's doing Petty University Apparel. Um, she just, oh, this is really tough. She says, uh, I just wanted to say thank you. I'm in my doc. In, I'm sorry. I just want to say thank you. In my doc, I shared bits of my story as a survivor. And in doing so, y'all have encouraged and lifted me up in ways I never felt possible. The lie of shame I've carried as a survivor was vast, but you all gave me a safe space. I'm forever grateful. Covering this story honestly broke me. It destroyed my mental, emotional, and physical health, but we were committed to giving as much support as possible to other victims. I've never felt so gaslit, but you all have helped me not get deterred in our mission for truth and healing. I have neglected my health entirely, so I'm going to take time to heal as well. And while I do so as my team heals, I'm still steadfast on lifting up and keeping the focus on those who have suffered greatly. People like Adam, they deserve the support more than anyone. That is heavy. So I have, I don't think it's announced when part four is. It sounds like um, I've been in that. I've been in that kind of pit too. Just like so focused on a project that is so important to you to get done that you okay. end up like neglecting basic self-care and things. And I, and that's so sad that that ended up happening. She kind of got so sucked in. Um, that's not fair to her either. Yeah. We'll see. But I'm sure that part four is going to be out eventually. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So how you, have you been this week? I feel like we haven't caught up as much as normal. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you too. I'm having a really hard time getting back into the Discord. Like not mm. actually getting like logging in or anything, but like re-entry into being social. I'm having a really hard time. That makes sense because you get all those notifications all of a sudden piling up and it's like, I do feel like it's, it's a healthy thing to just kind of, if you want to at any point, just and not even have to explain, but if you want to at any point, just come in and say like, I'm not reading, anybody can just summarize what's relevant because <laughs> yeah. there's, that's not really humanly possible when you've got your 99 plus, but I, somebody said uh, in there just the other day that we were missing your energy. So, or that's uh... a good but they were, you know, we, we can tell when you're not there because we, uh, we love you and <laughs> I hope you come back, but not feel too stressed when you're ready to. Uh, I want to, I think about like hopping back in and I'm just like, how it's going to be awkward because I've been gone for so long and like, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more normal. I got to have it overnight with them bay last night, which was nice. We spent the day hanging out today. That's nice. It's yeah. been good. I was stressed out about our date night plans. Mm -hmm. And then I hang out with them and everything's fine. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad that it worked out. I think I have bad anxiety. I think we both have bad anxiety. So it's just like. That's fine. Uh, you know, you know, okay. As a Scorpio, which I feel like I'm kind of like a, an evolved Scorpio. I'm not like the shadowiest one. Mm. <laughs> but I feel like I could win the lottery tomorrow and I'll still have some kind of inner turmoil about something. Yeah, fair. Like, <laughs> things could be going swimmingly well and I'll still have some kind of turmoil. So, yeah, things are great. <laughs> things are great with Dembe. I just tend to self-sabotage and catastrophize sometimes when it's like actually not that bad and talking to friends like talking to you definitely helps put things in perspective a little bit it's good to have that like airy aquarius friend you know that airy energy that's like oh, well you know it's not that bad oh, thank you. To you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine until it's really annoying right <laughs> yes but yes but, yeah well i'm very glad that's something that you deserve to just have like a life away from all this shit that's been going on i know yeah <sighs> it's nice did you get your your shower thing figured out sort of i bought a shower curtain and i bought the curtain rods and i did i did yes i got the i i wish that i could figure out how to make the door work again but i definitely have to figure out like who the manufacturer of the sh of the glass door was and then do all that so i haven't done that part yet but uh there's a curtain and it's temporarily fixed <laughs> and good. yeah mostly I've just been in a complete rabbit hole of music writing all week actually 
would you like to listen to some after we get off this uh this call episode <laughs> because yeah. love to share but it's like still in a draft phase but I basically just uh, I have a friend who makes beats and he is so talented and he's had this like whole folder of beats for years that he's just like I don't like I just sometimes rappers use them or sometimes different people use them but like a lot of it is just like ideas that are unused in there uh and he sent me the link a while ago and I was kind of like the shitty friend that didn't follow up for a little bit and I didn't have the energy for it and I wasn't like I wasn't able to prioritize it and then in the last couple of weeks I just got really into it so I went in the folder and I just like picked out all these tracks and I started building songs from them and then we've been going back and forth and then it's just been this like really really fun collab and I am looking forward to that we have basically an album of songs from this last week and it's funny because I have this other EP that I made like last year that is so close to being done but the but the person I'm working on with that is just like doing other stuff with their life and they've been doing it for free for me that particular person too and so you can't you can't tell people to do stuff when they're doing it for free they're gonna do it when they're gonna do it and I have like one percent of that left to finish off and polish off and then it's done but it's just been sitting for like a while which is frustrating and so it's funny to think that I might even have a whole other album out by the time (laughs) um but I've just been like pouring into this music in the last week and that feels so good and like true to my I was just thinking about how it's funny how there's like a drive in me to write music when I'm feeling existential about like mortality and things like when I'm feeling like what is there for me to be doing in this world and what is the meaning there and like if I have a month left to live hypothetic totally hypothetically uh what am I doing with that month I'm making music and I just think that's such an like I'm just kind of fascinated by why is that like why is that like such a lifelong core thing that I always have to go back to no matter what I never go out of that I always have to make more of my music and I don't know so yeah so I've just been like very 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 hyper fixated on that project all week and that's been good for me I think that's wonderful well, I'm excited for you to release your music. It's really good. Thank you. Proud of this, all this stuff that we did recently. Just like, I, I think that I'm also like leveling up on that and it's a good time to turn my focus back to it. And just, because I think, I think I've, I, I think I have really good music. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. I think so. Why not? It is really good. It is. Why not me? Why not put my music out there and people listen to it and like it? Why not? You know? Yeah. So we'll see. So hopefully, like, I and I just think I have some feelings about how I want to have certain things accomplished by the end of the year. And I feel like I'm driving toward that. It's kind of a twist in what my life path was, of what I'm doing now. And my mom was like, you know, but I've never seen you healthier. In 10 years, I've never seen you, like, mentally in a healthier place. Not so much with the Pentagon. Wow. But... And I'm like, yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you see that because I think so. I think I'm taking a lot of big steps to just protect and take care of myself and consider mm-hmm. myself precious for the first time ever. And that's yeah. great, you know? And it's in the face of all this kind of other weird side nonsense, but that's life. That's living on earth. I also mm-hmm. said to my therapist last week, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but uh, I, I also said to my therapist last week, that it strikes me more and more the further away I am from my grad school situation, how much everybody there hated themselves so much. And how, and I described it to her as they're like, they're in their own hell every day. They live in hell. And I live on earth. I really do. Like right now, I don't live up in heaven. I'm not like manically deluded about my reality. Mm-hmm. I am not in hell. I do not hate myself. I do not. I, I'm okay. I feel okay, you know? And I feel that's, like I'm living. That's beautiful. That's how one should feel. Like right? you're living and like you're okay. It's the, it's the ultimate thing to be okay in this world. When exactly. it feels like such a dumpster fire everywhere. It's like, it's such magic to feel, whew, I'm okay. Yes. 
it does <laughs> it is <laughs> and that's kind of new it's kind of fresh for me still that's not like a feeling I've sat in a long time but it's been it's getting there and that's kind of feels like a big secret to life you know it feels like yeah. we're we're getting somewhere internally anyway you know like <laughs> and externally yeah. things are okay things are okay it's but, like uh, yeah in a way it's like the ultimate revenge to like to be all right <laughs> <laughs> what a Scorpio um <laughs> but it is it's just like I am aggressively fine I'm totally fine I'm violently fine violently fine <laughs> even though the world is literally a dumpster fire um I was just I found that I saw this TikTok that was somebody just showing a map of like where active fires are across the globe and they're everywhere, especially all over Africa, but also everywhere. And it's like the whole world is on fire. And people yeah, I just sent you a picture, like driving home, mm -hmm. hurrying home to get to this recording. Mm -hmm. I sent you a picture of like all the smoke and the sun looks yeah. like a cherry. <laughs> you were like, here's this red sun. I was like, oh, I, rem I recognize that from when Philly was on fire in the summertime. <laughs> yeah like it's it's bad here yeah. it's so smoky outside right now terrible and that's heading forward but you know it's just like one day at a time and we are human beings and that's you know we're, we're alive that's wild yeah we're alive and we're okay thank you for listening find additional content at doxedthepodcast.com